0: and we're live on youtube with the media boat podcast your weekly source for news on movies tv music and video games Mm -hmm. not necessarily in that order my name is mike
1: his name is matt my name is matt his name is mike thank you for joining us it is november specifically november the 5th 2022 yeah i'm glad you remembered i did remember that today was the 5th of november yes i yes um Thank you for joining us. Uh, we have another great show for you today. Uh, hopefully, uh, everything that you need to know about this week and more. So let's get rolling right uh, into I it. I Missed it just by one. This
0: is episode three fifty six. Three fifty six. Also be three five five on the fifth.
1: Well, yeah. Um, so much for that. But we don't missed skip that. weeks. That boat sailed. Speaking yeah. of boats, welcome to the Nemo Podcast. Uh, we don't have a name for our fans, but we should. Uh, we'll get there later. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Take it away, and let's begin the show. Yeah,
0: we're gonna get right into it. We're gonna start. I we'll do every section. Yes. With the music section. Yes, we do always. Yes, and we start the music section with the Billboard, and we start the Billboard with the Hot 100. Okay. And we start the Hot 100 with Taylor Swift, and Taylor Swift, <laughs> and Taylor Swift, and Taylor Swift. Well. And Taylor Swift. Well. Yes. And Taylor Swift. I guess you... And Taylor
1: Swift. Yeah. So, yes. you're letting the cat out of the bag early. But yes, the big news in the Billboard chart this week is that Taylor Swift has done... Has set another record. Has done another first. Has broken people's minds once again. Because she's the first artist in history. The history of the Billboard Hot 100 chart. To have an entry in all ten top ten spots. Yes, all of these are, of course, off of her new album, Midnight's. And that does mean she has another number one single. I believe it's her seventh or eighth. I mm-hmm. forget what it is. Uh, but yes, um, let's count down the top five Taylor Swift hits. Starting at number five, <laughs> Midnight Rain
0: by Taylor Swift. Yes. Number four, Snow on the Beach by Lana Del Rey. Featuring, no. oh, sorry. No, Taylor Swift featuring Lana <laughs> Del Rey. Uh, at three, Maroon. Yeah. At two, Lavender Haze. Yes. And your number one song by Taylor Swift off of the album
1: *Midnight* is *Antihero*. So yeah, uh, the one other interesting wrinkle about this is that besides the single *Antihero* being the number one single, which mm-hmm. makes sense, there was a video to promote it, yep. it. Makes sense that there was some momentum behind it. The rest of these are actually in chronological order of the album. Yes. So people clearly, this is just. A result of people listening to the entire album on Spotify Front from to the back. top. yes. And so, yeah. You thank can you, Adele, for in. removing the <laughs> uh, shuffle button. <laughs> right, yes. You can thank Adele for that one. But yeah, um, an interesting um, uh, event to happen. And definitely another uh, milestone for Taylor's career. And uh, congratulations, I guess. But that's not all of the milestones for, Chris, uh, for, for Taylor this week.
0: No, because if she's going to have number one songs in the top ten, yeah. if we go to the Billboard 200, she's going to have the number one album. Absolutely. As "Midnight" Midnight's is the number
1: one album by Taylor Swift. As I mentioned last week, it was a shoe-in. Mm-hmm. It's already the best-selling album of the year. Um, and it probably will remain that as I don't imagine anything that comes out in December will dethrone it. So, unless it's herself. Because there is a rumor saying that, we'll get to the tour stuff, but there's a rumor saying that there's no way she does this tour without Let's another say another Taylor's version. Let's say um, getting her songs back to do the tour. So we'll get there. But yes, um, it is interesting that, yeah, like it's, it's not surprising that this is your number one record. Um,
0: way down at number two, though, <laughs> is It's Only Me by Lil Baby. Coming in at three, Unverano T by Bad Booney. Coming in at four, Dangerous Double Album going to Wallet. It won't die.
1: And also won't I? Yeah.
0: Number five. The hi- the hits.
1: Yeah, well, the highlights. The highlights by the weekend. That yeah, one I don't mind. Uh, but yeah, just and Wall, come on. Just, just go away. <laughs> He's haunting us. <laughs> just just teasing us out at this point. Yeah. If
0: you didn't like any of those albums, which you obviously listen to Text with midnight yeah, 'cause everyone's We're just gonna did. continue to listening to Midnight. But if you don't, in between breaks
1: listening to Midnight.
0: Uh, we have new releases. Yes. Uh, including The Work by Gold Panda, Red Car les adorables étoiles.
1: That was an attempt at French, yes. By Red Car. Red Car is, I guess, a new name for Oh, what is that band? I forget. It's like a side project of a band, except it's not really a side project because it's just the same band. I don't know why. Okay. Anyways, and for all you
0: parents out there, <laughs> and Adam. Only the Strong survive by the boss himself, Bruce Springsteen. The boss, he's back. Yep, so everyone on the state of New Jersey will be listening to that, Yep. and everyone else will be listening to Midnight's Again. But that's not all of our Taylor Swift news this week. No, but wait, there's more, because Taylor
1: Swift announced Tuesday morning, at Tuesday morning... No, no, she was not at a Tuesday morning... uh, When she made this announcement. I don't think... No, she was on Good Morning America. She was on Good Morning America. She could not have been (laughs) at a Tuesday morning. Uh,
0: Her (laughs) long-rumored return to the road with an outing dubbed The Eras Tour, scheduled to hit U.S. stadiums beginning in March of 2023 and running into August, where she will then um, sing August, I assume. Oh, I hope. I absolutely hope so. (laughs) With international dates set to be revealed later. Yes. The support acts are very much all about the sisterhood, with a host of acts that Swift has championed in the past, uh, including Paramore, Hime, Phoebe Bridgers, Biba Doobie, Girl in the Red,
1: Muna, Gail, Gracie Abrams, and Owen. Yes, Owen being the one uh, non-woman in this uh, lineup.
0: Uh, the tour starts on March 18th, 2023, in what is apparently a sweet spot for a Swift in Glendale, Arizona. The same place has her last outing pre-pandemic reputation tour back in
1: 2018. Um, yeah. Do note that there were also more dates added to yes. this list. I was going to mention that, yes. Uh, about a couple days later, she was like, hey, yeah, demand's high, so we know. Uh, so we're going to add a bunch of dates. So there's a third date in the several of the bigger cities, mm-hmm. um, and including L.A. Uh, so yeah, if you want Taylor Swift tickets and you are a Ticketmaster uh, subscriber... If you're a you, Capital One member... Well, I'll get there. Because uh, that's a different rank okay. in this thing. So yes, um, she's doing the fan-verified pre-purchase uh, queue right now until the 9th, I believe, or the 11th? I forget which day. I think tickets go on sale on the 9th. Well, anyway, there's a period of time that we're in right now that you can go and do the pre-register mm-hmm. uh, and get you kind of you get yourself in the line, kind of like PS Five. And it doesn't matter what you do, when you do it, everybody has the same chance. of just doing randomization. Yes. And then Random on the fourteenth, if you do that, you may get an email that'll say, "Hey, this is when you can buy tickets to the shows that you specified you wanted to go to." Yep. There's supposed to pop up in yeah. your email saying, "Hey, yeah. it's me." Yes. Hi. Uh, The other thing um, is, as you mentioned, this is sponsored by Capital One, and if you've ever gone to a Ticketmaster show that was sponsored by Capital One, you know the drill. Um, There is a special Capital One cardholder presale, but uh, the wrinkle here is that, yeah, you just have to use your Capital One card when Mm -hmm. when you sign up, essentially. And that automatically enrolls you into that pre-sale. You don't have to do anything else. No, so, you have to purchase with your Capital that's One I card. That's what You also have to do that. But by saying, because it's pre-sale, you're not yes. purchasing anything yet. Yes. You just have to have that card. I used to have a Capital One card. I canceled it last month. I do not have a Capital <laughs> One card anymore. So I just missed that by a little bit, Taylor. Uh, I couldn't find the card anyway, so it was fine. I have the card. <laughs> I have a Capital One card. Well, good I for signed you. I'm in the Chase family, so I missed that opportunity. It's okay. You can be more than one family. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the other thing is you get a, a maximum of six tickets that you can purchase yep. uh, with this uh, with this um, ability. So yeah, um, good luck, I guess, uh, if you want Taylor Swift tickets because you're gonna need it. It's gonna be bedlam out there. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, it's cool that she's doing this. Just a note about the, uh, the openers. Uh, yeah, she, as this story says, she's. These are a lot of names that she's uh, mentioned uh, in the past. Uh, she's, of course, collaborated with Phoebe Bridgers before and Heim. Mm-hmm. She uh, has used Beba Doobie songs in her uh, TikTok stories before, or Instagram stories as well. Um, she's mentioned Girl in Red. So it makes sense that this is the vibe that she wants. Interesting that she's chosen Paramore for the first date. And, and no only. other dates. <laughs> um, yes. I guess that they... Well, they're on their own little busy tour right now. Yeah. So I would imagine that that's probably just the best schedule that they could line mm-hmm. up. Um, and yeah, I know. Like, And it's it's good news for me. I like a lot of these artists. Uh, the only ones I'm not as familiar with are Gail, Gracie Abrams, and Owen. But that's just me. Uh, but yeah, so exciting news. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see how she does it. Yeah, the other thing uh, that, that I wanted to mention... It's called the Heiress Tour. It's called the Heiress Tour. And, and the poster. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. The poster has all the album artwork from her previous albums. Or does behind it? Behind her. Or does it? And that's the question. As Taylor's Fans know, she is currently doing re records of her uh, Big Machine records. Taylor's and, versions. Yeah, the Taylor versions. And <laughs> some of them are out, some of them are not, though. And the interesting thing here is that she can't officially play songs that she has not done official re-releases for. That is contractually a no-no for her. Um, So, if she's going to do a Real Eras tour, if she's going to do this, it seems to imply that she's going to fast-track the rest of these re-records. Which seems weird, because we don't have that much time till this tour starts in March. So She she has three more albums? She has. So she has only done two. Yeah, she's done Red. Yeah. And she's done Fearless? Yes, she's done Fearless and she's done Red. At this point, she needs to do Mm Self-Titled. She needs to do Speak Now. She needs to do 1989. Mm -hmm. And she needs to do Reputation. Those are four records left.
0: And um, You don't think she's going to do a month each record? That's the theory!
1: And I'm like, that would be insane! (laughs) Like, can you imagine... If every
0: month till March we got a new re-record. Does it really have to be up until March or just up until the day of the tour? (laughs) Because if she releases an album like the Friday before, or the Thursday, Friday,
1: before the tour happens on Saturday, does that still technically count? Yeah, I don't know. Also, the question is here is, is she going to put as much work into these as she did in the past? Or has the work already been done? Is it going to be like 20? Well, yeah, I'm sure she's done some of this. But like, it's just interesting that like, She put so much, like... Like, there was so much planning, it seemed, that went into the Fearless and Red uh, re-records. And if the time... Like, if she's going to do all of these now, like, I feel like it's gonna have to be less... Fewer of those From the Vault tracks and less hype going towards them than there was going into the first two. Like, I I just can't imagine how she does it.
0: Yeah, if there's only a way that, like, she could, like, spend a year not on tour... (laughs) Just, like, trapped in a studio recording <laughs> all these songs right. for, like, an entire
1: year, maybe two years even. Yeah, I mean, yes. Theoretically, she could have already done the work. you yes. right. We've already heard song like, re-records off of the 1989 oh. uh, Taylor's version. Uh, Wildest Dreams and... I think Wildest Dreams is the only one so far? Yes. Uh, Wildest Dreams, Taylor's version, is already out. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, it's weird calling it The Eras Tour. And not being able to play every era right. of Taylor Swift, so it has to be some. There has to be something uh, going on, especially with she, all of the "Speak Now" hints that she gave in the "No um, Bejeweled" video.
0: Does she need to have all the albums released, or just do what The Weeknd did and put it's out the highlights? Yeah, yeah, just do it. Her, and just do here's the herself. album of the hits that I'm going to be playing at my tour. Just it's, call it,
1: yeah. Taylor Swift eras. That's certainly possible. That's certainly. I just have the hits. I don't think she does that. I think it's possible. I think that would be a good move, considering that there's a lot of songs probably on the self-titled and Speak Now that she probably doesn't want to re-record. Right. Um, better for Revenge comes to mind. Or be- better, than, better than Revenge uh, comes to mind. Uh, it has a little bit of baggage to it. So yeah, I can imagine uh, that that would be an approach for sure if she just did like a greatest hits kind of thing of her first, of her, that era I don't know. Uh, we'll see. It just would be weird for her to do that considering what she did with Fearless and Red. Like, she set a precedent for herself now that I feel like she has to meet.
0: Yeah, but you release the full album later for the stuff that you're never going to play on tour. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Later.
1: I don't just know. Just to have the full album. That being said, I would love some deep cuts of the tour. That's the thing. And she knows the fans know everything. Like, she, there's a difference between a the Weeknd fan and a Taylor Swift fan, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Like, the Taylor Swift fan is going to want her to play... Like long live off of Speak Now, or they're gonna want to play Tied Together with a Smile off the debut. Like they're gonna demand the small like like hits that they're their favorites. They want the like the the tracks that were released. They want the ten hour. They want ten hour tours. They want uh, Today Was a Fairy Tale. (laughs) Like they want like the song she recorded for Twilight with the Civil Wars. Like they they want the (laughs) deepest cuts is what they want. So yeah, we'll see. Are you speaking for all fans or just for yourself? I'm speaking for <laughs> myself a lot, but also, yeah, the, the fans. The fans, the fans, you know. Yes, you yeah, do for the fans. So yeah, we'll have more information, I'm sure, as time goes on, because, yeah, anything could happen with Taylor Swift is, I think, what we've learned. Including hitting the top ten <laughs> yes, on Billboard. Ten.
0: <laughs> all ten. Uh, That, of course, oh, yeah. beats the previous record set by Drake, yes. who had nine during his release of a double album. Right. But obviously no one listened to that
1: entire double album. <laughs> yeah. Right, so but yes, people are listening to Midnight. That is proven. Yes. All right, let's move on. Speaking of Drake. Oh, yes. Yeah. Speaking of Drake, he is
0: no stranger to stirring up conversation around his lyrics. Uh, as such, after the release of Her Loss, a collaboration album with 21 Savage, which I'm going to say right now, I did not listen to, <laughs> um, the rapper. <laughs> Raised eyebrows with bars that seemingly referenced Megan the Stallion and her alleged assault by Canadian rapper Tory Lanez. Recap. Recapping, <laughs> just so we're caught up here, back in 2020, Tory Lanez allegedly shot Megan the Stallion in the feet, in the foot, in the, the feet, the, in the feet, after she attempted to walk away from a car during an argument. Uh, Megan recounted the details of the incident in April of 2022 with Gail King on CBS Morning, which produced medical photos of Megan's injuries, along with a report that referenced gunshot wounds and bullet fragments in her feet. In the song, Circle Loco, Drake raps, quote, this is Drake quoting, Yes, this is Drake. This bitch lie about getting shot, but she's still a stallion. Seemingly a double entendre that references cosmetic injections and Megan's alleged assault. Megan then responded to the lyrics on Twitter, writing, Quote, Stop using my shooting for clout, bitch-ass, since when the fuck is it cool to joke about women getting shot? You, especially rap! Rap! You. Uh, you, name. <laughs> Ready to boycott bout shoes and clothes, but dogpile on a black
1: woman when she says one of y'all homeboys abused her? So yeah, uh, Ming, it's right. It's a yep. little bit of a weird double standard for Drake, and it's unnecessary, especially as it's been pretty well established that this happened, yep. and that we thought the conversation and the debate was over, and that, yeah, like... <laughs> It's pretty indisputable evidence. Um, so was like Drake going to bat then for Tory Lanez. I event? guess so. It's weird. Like I feel like Drake's one of Drake's many problems is that he yes, does things he like many this. Many problems. Yes. <laughs> his uh, fucking problems, you could say. Yes. Um, it, it, one of his many problems is that yeah, he finds himself in these situations where he's trying to look tougher than he is, and we all see through it immediately. He's trying to talk like he's like, oh yeah, I'm a tough guy. I'm going to defend my friend. Allegedly, I don't know if they're friends. Um, and that, like, t- talk shit on this, on this person. Apparently, that's not the only lyric on this record that also talks shit about Megan. Okay. Somebody else has said that there's some sort of thing about, like, referencing, like, I listen to lyric that, like, oh, I listen to your record and I, after track one, I stop or something like that, referring to Megan's record. And it's just, like, why bother, Drake? Like, why are you doing this? Who is this meant to impress? Like, Megan this Thee Stallion is a very talented rapper. Mm-hmm. Like, and she's made her name for herself at this point. And she's established herself in the industry. And, like, I just don't understand why Drake is wasting his time trying to, like, bring her down. Why? Why? Why bother? You know, didn't we ask this about Drake several times <laughs> when he ever
0: releases albums? That he yeah. always tries to bring people down in his album? It's just weird. It's just, why, why bother? I feel like, like we're in the same,
1: like, cyclical transition for drake yeah and i don't know if it's He's stirring the beef and, everywhere yeah and 21 savage like i don't know if he uh, part in this decision making process whether he was egging drake on here in this i did not again listen to this record so i yes. can't tell you if the whole thing has that vibe uh but i would not be surprised because it's the saying. 21 savage record right it's a collab so it's, it's collab. even evenly distributed between the two of them mm. S- from what so, I, I understand. So
0: Drake needs 21 Savage on an album where, yeah. meanwhile, Taylor Swift just needs herself. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Got it. It's, it sounds about right, where we're at in 2022. <laughs> All
1: right, well, that's it for that story, then. All right,
0: right Unless yes. we talk about that, the better. I mean, we'll talk about it when Megan Thee <laughs> Stallion comes back with a n- new single. Say, yeah, I want a diss track. That Drake. Yeah, I want a Drake yes. diss track. Let's do it. <laughs>
1: Let's bring it in. Let's we'll get that 90s yes. rap beef
0: uh, vibes going. All right, Yeah. Anyway. That- Oh, okay. Can I crack up with a quick line? Yeah, go for it. Uh do anyway, we got? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're on the spot. That Drake's called me a goose. Look at me such a gander. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not bad. It's not, it's bad, bad. not it's bad. bad. I like <laughs> there. All right, did we listen to anything? No. No. Pretty much. Uh, uh, Taylor just, Sw- we contributed Dice. to
0: the Taylor Swift fund. Yeah, Mormon, Mormon Dice is the- that's pretty
1: much all I've listened to. Um, and some smaller stuff, but that's okay.
0: Anyways, let's move on. Let's get right into video games. And yeah. we start with new releases. We do. Big week. Yep. Including Football Manager 2023. Not that football. No. Uh, this is soccer. soccer. Yes. Yes. This is soccer football. Soccer, soccer football. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> favorite sport. Yes. Where you can be the manager. Yes. Of not your, the player. Of your own FC. Yes. As they call it. And that's out for everything. That's a wide release. Yeah. Uh, also. Well, everything
1: with PS4? Yeah. Weirdly enough, yeah, it's weird.
0: Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, also, out on everything, yes. your big release uh, Sonic Frontiers. Yes,
1: the Sonic cycle is yep. continuing. Yep. Is with, it the open uh, yeah. world question mark? Yes, Sonic this is game? the open world game. Who the hell knows
0: if this is any good? We also have Atari 50, colon, the anniversary celebration yep. for PS4, PS5. Xbox Series X and the Switch. <laughs> yeah, we have
1: two weird ones here. Football Manager, everything but PS4. Atari 50, everything but Xbox One. Yes. Like, why are these lines being drawn? I uh, yeah.
0: yeah, whatever. Deals. Yeah, deals. Uh, there's also Tactics Ogre Reborn for the PS4, PS5, Switch, and PC. Sorry, yep. Xbox owners.
1: But then everything got out of the way because it's... Uh, <laughs> Media Boat Game... With- no. Uh, yes, it is. I'm probably not going to play this, so I don't think you can be I will force you to play it. To get the year. I am right. not spending $70 to play this. No, oh, you're playing here. <laughs> so I'm
0: spending $70 plus dollars probably. <laughs> well, well, if s- I can find it. We'll get there, yes. Yeah, yeah. God of
1: War Ragnarok. Boy, the game. Boy 2. Boy 2. <laughs> the sequel to Boy for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Yes. Um, yeah, the God of War Ragnarok is out. Um, in, in early impressions are out there if you want to hear. Seems like uh, it's pretty good. It early seems like reviews. it's one of those. Early reviews are 10 out of tens, ninety 93, 94 on Metacritic. So yeah, you will have your own take on God of War next week. Yes. So next week's show, we will do a deep dive uh, for God of War. But for now, just know it's out in the world very, very soon. Yep. Um, Shocking, not
0: shocker. <laughs> I am going through the, the story mode of God no, of War twenty eighteen right now. Right now. Okay. just mainlining main story missions, not doing all the side quests. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, just
0: yeah, did, as you do. Just get myself familiar with Word it. Go through it. New game plus because I had everything like stacked up. I don't think I ever did New Game Plus. No, I don't know. Uh, like, I might have tried to do like, on, like, God
1: mode and then just, like... Uh, I still like need to player. finish Horizon, so I'm way back. I know you need to do that. You don't have a disc copy of that, right? You have Digitally? I think I got digital. Uh, right, because it yeah. was in the bundle, right?
0: No. No? No, I think I just got you that just Digitally so I could play it at
1: day one or at 9pm. Like yeah. I don't know when I'm going to finish Horizon, but I would like to finish Horizon, I just don't know how I'm going to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> they need to put it to the, the, their service. They're uh, not going to. They're not going to. Because they're going to wait full calendar year before they do that, probably, yep. but whatever. Anyways. They put in, like, the premium. Yeah, I'm not paying for premium. I, bar- I barely touch extra since Stray came out. Yeah, I mean... I... I'm like, what am I paying for? Because it was, like, $10? Yeah, I guess. That's why. Like, I don't know. I might downgrade, because I did, literally... They are not putting enough on that service to entice me to stay. Oh, yeah, I'm probably downgrading, too, but that's not until, like, April. But we'll get there. But we'll get there. There was actually a news story. I should mention this while we're on it.
0: Uh, oh yeah, they a lost new subscribers. Did not
1: report this week. Yeah, uh, they lost subscribers. Yeah, Sony did say that they have. Yeah, they're starting to lose subscriber uh, subscribers for PlayStation Plus. However, the overall money spent on PlayStation Plus has gone up. Okay. So it's a weird combo thing where it's like, um, oh, okay, order of operations. Since, since we're talking about PlayStation, but yeah. All right.
0: Anyway, the other PlayStation story this week. Yeah, the other PlayStation story this week is that Sony announced that PlayStation VR two. As a release date and a price point, yes, coming in February, the new VR headset will officially launch on the twenty second. Yes, February twenty second, twenty twenty three. The price point will be <laughs> more than a PlayStation, more than a PlayStation Five, <laughs> five hundred and fifty U.S. dollars. Yes. Or $600 um,
1: in the EU. 600
0: pa- uh, euros, euros and s-
1: 529 pounds. Because of uh, weird inflation yeah, prices. Yeah, I don't know how this thing works. Yeah.
0: Because they're not part of the EU anymore. Yeah. Thanks, Brexit. <laughs> uh, and we'll, so for that price point, for $550, yeah. you will get the PSVR 2 headset, the PSVR 2 Sense controllers, and stereo headphones. Yeah. Yes, and this does make the PlayStation VR 2 more expensive than the (laughs) console itself. Right. Which currently retails at $500 price point.
1: Yeah.
0: In a post to the PlayStation blog, Sony's VP of peripherals called the February date an intentional
1: launch, initial Initial. launch phase. Peripheral. Uh, Yes, it's intentional. (laughs) So, yeah, so a couple things about this. That's an expensive headset. However, if you compare it to the um, the Quest 2, it's fairly similarly priced. Uh, is the Quest 2 like five hundred. Yeah, it's about five hundred. So if you're Fair. thinking about it in VR terms, it's about what it should cost. And I'm sure that Sony had to crank the price up in order to make money on this thing mm-hmm. because VR is an expensive technology. Because like, imagine like you have to have the like resolution of a television screen on a tiny screen then times two in the headset plus sound plus the controllers mm-hmm. and sony's dual sense controllers already cost themselves like 70 bucks so yeah it adds up really quickly also note here um this bundles with the horizons vr game which is um, by itself probably like 40 to 50 right but i think that one is on its that's a game on the tracks, though. Well, we actually don't know. Uh, that. We don't know a whole lot about that game yet. Anyway, uh, so yeah, it's an expensive package, but I guess for people who want that VR experience mm-hmm. are probably also likely the people who are willing to spend that money. Um, so it does make sense. It's just such a strange thing that a peripheral for a console is more than the console itself. I don't think that's ever happened before. It's an add-on. <laughs> it's an addition. Yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah, that's going to be out there in February. Which is way sooner than I think anybody thought this was going to happen. Sony's really fast-tracked this thing, and it makes me wonder if they really think that it's going to be different this time. The Sony PlayStation VR1 did okay, but, like, I don't know what they're doing here. Like, they must really be banking on this. I'm trying to think of, like, why would you you put it in February? Yeah, it's weird. Because it's, like, after
0: the holiday season, people are going to be buying stuff.
1: I wonder if it has to do with Q1, uh, like, coming up very soon in March. I want to say they want to get this thing on their books before the end of the quarter so and this was the, one of the later dates that they could have put it out on the
0: 22nd yeah yeah because um yeah because February doesn't have a whole lot of... no not a whole lot going on yeah because 22nd know. is yeah. literally the last, the last Wednesday, Wednesday of release day yeah
1: uh so yeah I mean say what you will I think it's interesting that what they're willing to risk on this thing and it is seem it does seem like they put a lot of work and technology into it are their games is always the question for VR. Will it get delayed? Payments? That's another big question. Yeah, that's a possibility <laughs> as well, uh, especially if it's if they find themselves uh, in a position where it's harder to build these things than they anticipated. Because mm-hmm. that's the other thing is that they have to dedicate some of their factory floor now to this, on top of PlayStation Five manufacturing, which is already behind. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's gotten better over the last few months, but it's going to. I don't know if it's going to get that much better. To clear out the runway for a bunch of VR stuff. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, I don't know. It's a weird boutique thing at a boutique price. And so it'll be really interesting to me how this does. Yep. But that's VR2. VR2. All right. Let's move into our next game yes. story then. A little uh, a fun update for one of your favorite games of the year. Yes. Uh,
0: definitely going to be uh, one of my end of the
1: year lists. Yeah, I imagine lists. this is going to be on your list for sure. Yes.
0: Marvel... <laughs> we'll add player-v-player player, multiplayer. Finally! It's here! So, remember what I said yes, when you were talking the about... the one thing said, that's missing. The one thing that's missing is PvP. Well, here it is. Yes. A, poke, a spokesperson... A pokesperson. A pokesperson. Yeah. Someone who's you with news. They poke the, t- the, the screen, because that's how you play it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, For developer, Second Dinner...
1: Great name.
0: ...told Great the guy. Washington Post that an update to the superhero card battler will allow players to play against their friends this calendar year <laughs> but also given that there isn't much of 2022 left it suggests that it may be weeks away yeah this is happening soon probably yeah. sometime in
1: early december is my guess um it's perfect for the holidays right yes. you're gonna have people over and you're gonna be like all right let's sit down and let's play hey some have you played this pokemon step yes i have <laughs> hey what? Snap? yes marvel snap, <laughs> <Barvel> snap. <laughs> <laughs> i mean also if you play pokemon snap it's pretty fun yes. but also also marvel hey, snap you play marvel snap yes face to face okay
0: let me play this with you, and then just have a big like yeah. push in the holiday season, it's especially convenient. around Thanksgiving. It's gonna just convenient. be like, hey, commercial. Play Marvel Snap with your
1: kids during Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to tell you that we've played more Marvel Snap since last week, because uh, of course we have. Is this where I hide my shame of how much levels I have? Yeah, you have way too many levels. Uh, even more embarrassing than last, the last week. Uh, but yeah, uh, Four digits. so so this is just Four another. It's just yet another thing about uh, why this game is. Uh, as Good as it is, and it's just going to continue getting support like that, then that's wonderful news. And so, yeah, this is just another benefit for it. So, yeah, if you haven't tried it yet and you like card games, it's a no brainer. Just download Marvel Snap, it's, mm-hmm. it's fun, um, and yeah, you'll have a good time with it. Uh, any other thoughts? Any other games that we play? I mean, I've been playing Marvel Snap and yeah. God of War, so I'm playing Marvel Snap, and uh, that's bye. Yeah, not a lot You Dream dropped Light the Dreamlight Valley? Uh, yeah, I slowed down talk on it. it I think I talked week. about it last week that I was slowing down on it. Yes. I think that it's just a little grindy now. Uh, the, the new update, the new stuff in the update is just very grindy. And I'm like, all right, this is a little too much stuff. Uh, I like when that game gives you a lot of things that you can do at once. And at a certain point, that stops happening. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at with it right now. So I don't know. I might return to it. And also, just they need to add more clothes. Add more clothes to it. That's why I want... Can't I Can't you want design more clothes. your own clothes and logos? You can't design any, every single kind of clothing. Though. Oh. Like, there are certain things that you can't des- can't design yet, and so I can. not As much as I'd love to, I can't. Anyways. So, yeah. I'm waiting on that one. And uh, there's a couple other games that I want to check out before the years end, but uh, money, money uh, for, like, uh, I have to wait until I have some money to spend. So I'm going to yeah, hold on that. Yeah, expensive. Yeah, it turns out.
0: All right, All let's
1: right. move on to the second half of the show. And we we'll always start the second half with television. And we'll always start television with the sports corner. As you're pointing at the sports behind us. Yes. And of course, the big headline in sports is still the World Series. The Astros currently lead the Phillies 3-2 in the World Series. Game 6 is tonight. So we will see whether the Phillies can hold on to the series and extend to a Game 7. Um, they're back in Houston though, so the odds are lower than they than they were back Ooh. when they were home. But hell, Houston also got a no hitter in Philly. So who knows at this point? combined technical? Yes, I know. No I know. So yeah, two asterisks there, two caveats. It's but. been a fun series though. It's been very back and forth. You have a game where it was all Phillies offense followed yeah. by all Houston pitching, and so yeah, it's like it's wild how it can just oscillate back and forth forever. So it'll be really interesting to see if the Phillies can get something working tonight. Uh, all those, uh, all those uh, weirdos on the Phillies team. Yeah, the other thing that's come out of this World Series is I've become very endeared to the Phillies as a team. What a weird bunch of guys. They yes, have. yes, they took two <laughs> Angels players. <laughs> yeah, also, but not even besides that even. It's just like they're just a funny funny ramshackle bunch of dudes and they're all weird in their own ways and they're just fascinating. Are you referring to the wet hair? I mean yeah, the wet guys are, are especially like, yeah, I've been obsessed with the stories about Brandon Marsh. Did you read that article that I weird. I texted? It was fascinating. <laughs> Someone wrote that. <laughs> Someone wrote that. I love I love that like that 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 just he's just to, like just immediately against country music. Yeah. Just Brandon Marsh does not listen to country music. <laughs> Don't ask him about country music. And he doesn't wash his hair. <laughs> what a fascinating guy. Anyway, so yeah, I hope that the Phillies can pull this off. It would be amazing. What a year for Philadelphia as we move segue into the NFL yep. as the Eagles remain the only unbeaten team in the league with eight wins, zero losses. Yep, they played on Thursday, which
0: means they're safe for another week. Um, yeah, their last unbeaten team. Everyone else has at least one win. Yes. So this is the last zero
1: in the uh, in the record columns for yep. this year. So if the Eagles can keep this going, it'll be quite a season. Which they won't, but they can, <laughs> they can hope. Okay, well, we'll see. I don't know. It seems like the end of the is full of some really weird, like, this bad This always teams. happens, though. This is a bad that, year.
0: This always happens, though, is that, like, the teams will get hot. They'll get to, like, 11-0, and then all of yeah. a sudden they'll drop one. Right. Or they'll tie,
1: or something yeah, weird will happen weird. to where, like,
0: after 10 games, things start getting very funky, and then they start, like... They start losing. Well, funky
1: watch 2022,
0: then, because we'll watch to see if anything
1: gets especially
0: funky. It was so funky that the 7-0 Eagles were going up against the 1-6 Texans on <laughs> right. Thursday night
1: football. Yes. And the score was tied at 14 at halftime. Shouldn't happen. No, it's supposed to be a, a blowout. <laughs> Another reason why football, I've just lost all taste for it, because I feel like it's just chaos now. It is chaos. Anything can happen, and, like, that's so weird to me. It's like, yeah, eh, I don't I don't like it. Oh. don't like the Speaking vibes. of chaos. <laughs> Speaking of chaos, the NASCAR finals are happening in Phoenix. Your uh, notable people involved include... Your final four. Yes. Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Christopher Bell, and media boat favorite, Ross, watermelon boss, Chastain. Yes. And this is when we need to talk about NASCAR 2005. <laughs> yes, I know about this uh, because, of course, it crossed over with video game Twitter. Yes. And so, of course, I found out about this. So explain to our listeners why NASCAR 2005, a GameCube game, is suddenly relevant in NASCAR. Well, this is news to me. <laughs> this is news to you? I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this on Twitter. So this is the weird move that a driver performed where oh, they went against you're the about. wall... At the that's end of the race, you're about. to take the lead. Okay, I thought that about the actual game. No. So, the, well, why I bring up NASCAR 2005? Because it's such a very is, thing. Is that that's where this person learned this? So Ross Chastain Oh, that is Ross Chastain. Okay, yes. I was hoping it was Ross Ward
0: Boss Chastain. Yes. Um, in the penalty race this past weekend. Yeah. Uh, was intent, but yeah. needed to at least pass <laughs> Chase Elliott to have a better seed of qualifying for right. the final four. So, on the very last lap of the race, he guns it, <laughs> possibly breaking speed limits. Probably. Like, even NASCAR speed limits. Yeah. Like, ramps himself up against the wall. Just yes. Pedal to the metal. Pedal to the floor. Guns it. Yeah. Just
1: whips himself <laughs> around the track. to it just works. Barely edge out Chase Elliott yeah. to get into the finals. So, apparently, in interviews after the race, he says that he learned this move playing <laughs> NASCAR 2005 for the GameCube. <laughs> And he wanted to see if it would work in real life. Turns out it does. (laughs) Turns out, one, it does. (laughs) Two, he definitely scratched up the side of his car. But then again, it was like the last race. Right, so So he had nothing to lose at that point. Yeah. So, a wrinkle about this. Other drivers and other teams seem to hate this. Oh, yes. They say that it opens the floodgates for other idiots to do some some similar moves and ruin races, potentially. Well, it's not that it's ruining races. It's that
0: if you do that... Not on the last, like, if you do that on the last left yeah. and then you wreck, and they automatically bring out the, right. the the yellow flag. And if that yellow flag comes out before the checker flag, then it goes into overtime. And no one wants that. And no one wants <laughs> it. Everyone hates overtime, <laughs> yeah. especially with people who are in the back, who have right. no, no stakes, chance. no chance, you no stakes. I have but keep driving <laughs> and then purposely crash in order to keep it going. Right. That's why they hate
1: it. So, yeah, it's obviously one of those things where it's like, it's funny the first time and then it gets grating whenever it happens again. Yeah, so no hilarious. one should ever do it again. No, it's hilarious because you see him just yeah. like whip around yeah. like everyone else is in slow motion. He's just whipping <laughs> around. So it's a funny thing and it's a weird thing that I wanted to comment on. I'm shocked that you didn't know the video game connection there. No, because I just saw it yes. that live. That's what like, he oh, said. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said afterwards. Was, oh, because so um, after that, game. I switched it back to football. Uh, okay, but yeah, I guess they confirmed that, Yes, I didn't watch the interview. It was a interview. video game inspiration. We were so. watching it live. And it's like, oh my god, look at Roscoe. So it just makes it just makes us uh, like this guy more than we already did. Like, yes. It, it just the uh, wow, what a guy! <laughs> and he's the man
0: we will be rooting for to yes. win the championship because. Should he win the NASCAR Finals, one, it'll be his first year as, like, the number one driver. Um, Two, he will smash a (laughs) watermelon at the Phoenix Raceway. He will (laughs) do it.
1: He will do it.
0: All right. Anyways, anything else in sports this week? Also, I think he would have capped it, too, because I think he won in Daytona this year, at the beginning of the year, and then he would have won the Finals. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, a kind of end cap there. All right, anyway, what else in sports before we move on? Uh, hockey basketball continues. continues Lakers finally
1: got their first win hey, first hey what do you know <laughs> finally um, and we do not have time to get into the whole Kyrie Irving thing we really do not just know that he's not great and the league apparently is going to give him a talking to uh,
0: the league is going to suspend him yeah. five games yeah. um, and then fine him $500,000 yeah. to be dispersed to
1: various charities and local yeah. organizations Yeah. so yeah that's basically what you need to know uh, we'll have more news if it comes up yep. let's move on though for now out of sports and into television news and we start television news with casting bits casting uh, bits. bits one of our favorite things to do here on the Media Boat Podcast yeah. starting with Witcher news Witcher on Witcher Netflix. this or Witcher watch um, Liam Hemsworth will become the Witcher the titular Witcher in the Witcher replacing Henry Cavill in season 4 of the Witcher just as a note Season 3, which has yet to premiere, will still have Henry Cavill as the lead mm-hmm. role. Liam will not enter the series until the completion of Season 3, so starting in Season 4. Um, no official word about why this happened, but all signs seem to point to Henry Cavill doing more DC work with yes. Superman. And so it does, it's not surprising that maybe there was a scheduling conflict considering that he was going to do movies again. Seeing that season three is yet to come out, I'm wondering if they're going to have
0: something where something happens to Henry Campbell's face Uh, at the end of season three
1: just to explain why he now looks like Liam (laughs) (laughs) Hemsworth. It's like, wow, you look completely different now. Anyway, Uh, next up. The Penguin series over at HBO Max, which, of course, is a spinoff of the recent The Batman film. Yep, that's starring Colin Farrell. Just added Kristen Malati to its cast. Hey, Doesn't and even have not seen in long yeah, time. Yeah, she was just... Uh, she, uh, Palm Springs, of course, yes. and uh, recently in... Why was she recently in? I forget. Palm Springs? Palm Springs. Of course. Just Palm Springs. Anyway, you'll recognize... She's one of those you'll recognize when you see her. Yes, she was the mother. Next up, Severance Season 3, of course ahead of season two which is yet to premiere well i think that is actually oh is supposed two. to be season two okay yes never mind season two of severance will add gwendolyn christie john noble and Merritt weaver um by the way i finally got around to watching the pilot for severance yes i'm finally Creepy. starting severance uh yeah i'm intrigued um it's not exactly my kind of show mm-hmm. um and so there's moments where i'm like i don't know if i want to watch the rest of this But it does enough to set up the mystery by the end of the episode where you're like, okay, I kind of do want answers to these questions. I do want to know what's going on. And I do also like the commentary about, like, work-life balance it's doing. Like, it's very on the nose, but I get what it's saying. Also, where I'm at in my life right now, it is weirdly accurate. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, all right. Maybe I want to bear this out. So I don't know. I may or may not continue watching that. Or you could watch the Bear on FX. No, I watch okay. it. Okay, uh, but yeah, I'm I, I want to finish it before we talk about TV lists at the end of the year. Because sure? I'm sure it will be on yours. Yes, so, it's, it's got a really good ending. Yeah. A strong. Ending. I'm curious about where it goes, so I may uh, stay tuned. Also, the I don't know the lead actress in that that show. I don't know where she's from, but she's hot. <laughs> i did not anticipate that i was like who is this girl i don't know what she's been in but i was like kind of distracted through the whole episode i was like i really like this lady i don't know where she came from who is this lady just because she's like a
0: redhead or yeah what? i don't know i'm into her the
1: whole vibe uh i think it's Brett lauer yeah i've never heard of her before but yeah i'm, I'm digging i'm digging her thing <laughs> eye maintenance, casual... Yeah, I don't oh, know. Man Seeking Woman, you yeah. know. That show oh, God, that I made I you watch. I could stand that show. Anyways, right. let's move on. Um, Out of uh, Netf- or, uh, Apple TV to uh, Plus to Disney Plus... it
0: 2K21. <laughs> <laughs> wow, she a voice in there. All right,
1: anyway. Uh, so this seems to be her first, like, super mainstream thing. Uh, Future Man? Do you count Future Man? No, I don't. Alright, okay. anyways, from Netflix, or for, sorry, from um, Apple TV+, Plus, we go to Disney+, Plus, where Agatha, Coven of Chaos, the upcoming spinoff series uh, starring Katherine Hahn, that is off of WandaVision, their yes. character, Agatha. Aubrey Plaza was uh, planned to join the cast there. Yeah, um, that Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, she's everywhere lately. Uh, I don't know if it's just me, she's popping up everywhere. Well, we'll talk about what she's
0: up to in The White Lotus. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, joining, this is a good move. I feel like if you're going to catch a witchy person in your witchy show, applause is a good get. Uh, so yeah, this makes sense. Next up... Yes, look forward to her just like commenting on how everything is not right and weird. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Theo James is set to lead Guy Ritchie's Netflix TV series, The Gentleman. Based off his film, The, the gentleman. gentleman. I feel like you have to do this move. The Gentleman. So yeah, uh there's your casting uh, so I was news. So like this, the gentleman. Gentlemen. Yes. So there's your casting news. Uh so yeah, uh people all over this uh, all over the place just spread out, just like little scenes. Yes.
0: Okay, the story is really good to start with just Liam Hemsworth being well, yeah. replaced. That's then, the biggest news. That's a
1: big one. But it's like, oh, all the other people got casted everywhere else. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our second story here, and this is for all the moms out there. No, it's not for the moms.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. Well what it is. But also, because it's the holiday season coming up, it if is you true. want some feel-good stories, if sure. you want everything to be as predictable
1: as possible, yeah. I mean as predictable there as is, possible. Yes, there is a um, quite a, a cult following for these things. So, yeah, I guess this is a good move. Hallmark Channel. You love it. We love it. No, we don't. It has uh. a, one
0: of our um, not our favorite shows. But a listener's wife's favorite show is sure. on it.
1: Yes. As we found um, out by dissing it on our show. Yes, where the heart is. <laughs> yes, where the heart is. Anyways, while well, Peacock is in the news this week. Or what the heart call, when calls the heart. Sure. Some sort of combination of when and calls and heart.
0: Yes, when heart calls <laughs> that thing. <laughs>
1: when heart calls, you answer. Anyways, Peacock has announced that it has entered an agreement with Hallmark Media to stream live and on-demand programming from its three channels, including Hallmark Channel, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, and Hallmark Drama, as part of a first-of-its-kind linear plus uh, uh, video-on-demand deal. Beginning on Wednesday, November 2nd, you can find the Wait, new We mean Hub. now. Yeah, now. today, or two, three days ago. As of listening to this. You can find a new Hallmark Hub on Peacock's homepage. It will feature live simulcasts of all three channels, with current season programming available live and on demand the next day, as well as a robust library of movies within the Hallmark Library, including signature holiday favorites. The Hallmark content that Peacock subscribers can access on demand includes live and next day access to series such as fan favorite Wind Calls the Heart, as you mentioned, and new series coming in 2023, Ride, and The Way Home. The Hallmark-branded hub will include a VOD collection with new premiere movies and dozens of Hallmark movie classics. I feel like I'm repeating myself three times with the story. Why is it saying the same thing? They want to make sure that you know that Hallmark is on Peacock. This is all included with Peacock. Premium, so it's the paid version of Peacock that you'll get all of this, yes. not the ad-supported version. So, good news, especially when you're right. If you want to binge all the holiday uh, Hallmark movies, all the holiday, uh, the Christmas Hallmark movies, yeah. this is the best way now to do it. Uh, we were child surfing the other day, <laughs> and we came across a
0: Hallmark movie called Pumpkin Everything. <laughs> oh, no. And we had to turn it on <laughs> because it was Pumpkin Everything. Oh, God. I can't. And yes, it was, indeed, about generic businesswoman comes back to her yep, hometown to help course. sick father. Yep, of course. Kind of, she's a writer. Generic like, sure. mystery writer. All right. Comes back to hometown to help father, who runs a store called Pumpkin Everything. But the father's <laughs> fallen ill. And so she must run the store with new guy that she, new like, was high school friends new with. New guy? Like, was high school friends with. May or yes. may not be love interest. Definitely won't be loved, just because he's super good looking, but for some reason, the single of this town. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Lots of stories like that, but a Hallmark Channel. Like yeah, so
1: they're there if you want them. Yes. There you go. All right, let's move on to some... I mean, some... we knew they had to land somewhere. So. I mean, yeah, it's a good deal. It's people. a smart deal, just like Disney with the Doctor Who last week. Yep. It was a good move, and they're uh, carving out little niches. They got the the, the, the uh, bros with the wrestling, and now they got the, the moms with the Hallmark. Yes, Again, the, the dads with the wrestling, and the moms. The was, I almost said that, but I was like, I don't know how many dads are wrestling, guys. Maybe current dads, or future dads. <laughs> future. Anyway, let's move on to some television thoughts. Yes. A little mixed bag this week. Let's start with the Netflix show. Yeah, um, so... so. shows. <laughs> I
0: forgot. Um, <laughs> surprise return. Big yeah. mouth. Yeah. Um... Was not expecting this to return. I thought it kind of ended on a good note the way it was, and then surprise, they brought it back. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like this is the one thing that they haven't canceled yet
1: because it's gone on like <laughs> six seasons now. I feel like it must be really cheap for them to make because ha- they just pump these things. Up. Well, it's voiced by Nick Kroll, so yes, it has yeah, to be really cheap. I can't. And
0: I like John Mulaney, I just don't get it. It's fine. It's fine. Um, a lot of it this season dealing with like self actualization, a lot of gender. Like what is gender? What is sexuality? um, Being they go into like a weird asexual line for yeah for um, for the show. I think it was just them like spreading the wings and. Feel like, okay, what else can we talk about that we haven't already talked about to death?
1: I mean, I'll say the same thing that I've said about Big Mouth from the Top is that I think what it's doing conceptually is interesting. Mm -hmm. I think I like the idea of a show that's able to tackle all of these issues and talk about them while being funny and being a comedy. But who is it for? That's the problem I've had since day one. It's like, the people who should be getting this information are young people, right? Like, right. it should be for the kids that are about the age of the characters on the show. And the people
0: who it's
1: conceptually for adults yeah. should already know this information. Yeah, that's the thing. But it's not at all for kids. And so right. it's just, it's this weird limbo show. Also, not to say, not to like harp on this too much, it also is the ugliest looking show on television. It's <laughs> terrifying looking. And so, like, this combination of all of these things in one, it just, it leads to something I never want to watch. I just don't want my eyes to look at it. You don't want to watch yeah. it. I still find it funny. I'm sure, I'm sure it's and funny. And interesting. That's the thing okay. is, when I've yeah. seen episodes of it, I've been like, oh, all right, the joke writing is pretty good on this, and mm-hmm. it is tackling these things in a smart way. But I just don't want to look at it. I just don't want to spend time with it. It's just it makes me feel gross. I don't know. <laughs> anyway.
0: Oh, you want to make it feel gross? They do a Freaky Friday thing. Oh, no. Where the kids enter the parents' bodies. Oh, no. And they're trying to rekindle love for the parents. Uh-uh. Nope. 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 Yep.
1: Let's yep. not do that. Yep. Let's not go there. Yep. They went there. Ugh. Gross. Yep. Not as gross, though. Well. Maybe. <laughs> gross
0: <laughs> in a different way. Gross in a different way. Um, Netflix buying Blockbuster. Okay. So, let's, let's back up the train a little bit. Uh, last year... Okay, how far back do I back up this trick?
1: We can go no, on way no, back no, I'm not going to go that far. Last year...
0: 1999.
1: No, what I'm going to talk <laughs> about is last year, their Netflix released a documentary, or at least uh, hosted a documentary. Yes. At least it, it was an independent release prior that had done the film festival circuit before it was released on streaming, called The Last Blockbuster. And what that was, was basically a. And I talked about it on this podcast uh, when I watched it. It was kind of half and half. It was both a documentary about the downfall of Blockbuster, the corporation. Explaining how the advent of streaming and complications regarding change rules about late fees basically buried Blockbuster, mm-hmm. the corporation, and Blockbuster started to close down around the world. Um, then that sort of turned into, kind of pivoted halfway through, to be more about the last Blockbuster in Bend, Oregon, to talk about the manager there and the trials and tribulations of what it is to run uh, what it's like to run the last final blockbuster and what that means for, like, local video stores, the concept of local video stores, and how they're surviving mm-hmm. on their last legs. At the time, I said that I liked some of the things that the documentary did. I did learn some things about the corporation and why it led to its, uh, dis- like, basically implosion. I did learn some things from, like, um, you know, good interview subjects from both sides of the situation. It was educational However, it was bogged down by too many celebrity interviews that didn't need to be there and just and way too much uh, dwelling on the people in the last store that just weren't that interesting. Like, and so it sort of came out of this lumpy documentary that didn't make me feel great about watching it on the other side and didn't make me feel better about Blockbuster. If anything, it just complicates the feelings about Blockbuster. As much as we'd like to be nostalgic for the experience of going to Blockbuster, it's very important to remember Mm -hmm. that Blockbuster destroyed countless independent movie renting stores like mom and pop shops by existing. They were the Netflix of their day. They steamrolled a lot of like family businesses. And so it's weird now. This compli- you have to like remember like that because it, there, you can have nostalgia for what Blockbuster was at the same time being like they weren't that great ever to begin with. To be fair, all of that is to say somebody thought it was a good idea to fictionalize all of this and pitch a sitcom based on the concept of running the last Blockbuster in the United States. Well, they've done it. It's called Blockbuster. And inexplicably, it ended up on Netflix! <laughs> Why? Why is this on Netflix? Uh, irony. I guess. Irony rearing it's, its ugly irony head. Anyway, so yeah, as you might imagine, if you were tasked to develop a sitcom uh, based on this concept, you would, of course, have it about a manager who's been there forever who is desperate to convince people that streaming is not the best way to enjoy movies and that human connection is the way to do it. And you need recommendations from experts. Not an algorithm. Well, that's exactly what the show is about. Mm-hmm. Randall Park plays the said manager. He does that exact speech at the end of this episode. Yeah. Um, you and then the cast is filled out with a ragtag bunch of people, including, of course, teenagers that are working there for their first job, combined with people who've been there forever, combined with a person who used to be there and then came back because she has uh, she's just recently gotten divorced, and that's basically your setup for this show. So it hinges on one thing: is it funny? What did you think about Blockbuster? So I watched the whole series. I liked the pilot. I just watched it. the pilot. What, so what did you think overall? Um, so it comes from the same writer who wrote for Superstore. A writer of A Superstore. Writer. And also I guess that this
0: person also worked on um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine Brooklyn Nine-Nine, But well. the NBC yeah. version of Brooklyn 9 not right. the Fox version. Correct. That's key. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because it has the very same tropes of both of those on NBC. Yes, in that a lot of what the cast does and interacts with are very—I don't want to say stereotypical, but yeah. very—they're um, working
1: in archetypes. Working archetypes, yeah, yeah. for uh, for sitcoms. It's very much as you'd expect. Most of the gags, literally most of the gags, like ninety percent, are based on person who is slightly older than person says thing. Person who is younger than person says, "I don't get it," or "What is that." That's like 90% of the jokes on this show. You're not wrong. <laughs> it's also a
0: will they, won't they, when it's like. Yeah, of course. Of course they, won't, they will or they won't. And they will. It's, and they won't.
1: But it's But they they shove it all into the first episode. They could have waited. They didn't have to do it all in the first episode. They just they burn it all in the pilot. And I'm like, what well, are they doing? Because
0: we got to get all the backstory out. Yes. yes, I'm telling you my backstory here and now
1: at this coffee shop across the street. <laughs> like what is happening i know it's a pilot i know it's a pilot but speaking of just watching the the pilot Perseverance. yes i realize that that's not a sitcom and they're doing different things however a good pilot doesn't burn everything yes you have to do a certain amount of explanation but you can leave some things to be a mystery you could have just had the hints at some sort of romantic like sparks between them you didn't have to have it laid out all the cards laid out on the table by the end of episode one here's every that really because I about an episode of the pilot. Here's
0: everything that's going to be played out over the course of this yeah, season. It just and it does hit everything that gets played out over the
1: course of the season. And played out is a good term because I feel like a, a lot, lot of, of the are jokes are really played out. It just feels like we've been here before. It feels like every other show. And to be fair, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, I'm not a fan of superstore either. Mm-hmm. And I did get strong superstore vibes strong from it. strong superstore vibes. And it's just it's and that's not- just cuz of the way it was shot. <laughs> And it's, oh, God, it's... What's up with the lighting on this show? Okay, there's recently been a lot of talk about, like, why Netflix shows look like they do. This is the worst offender yet. I don't get why they shot it like this. They don't even shoot it like a, like a, a single-cam show on network, like you'd think they would. Mm-hmm. No, instead it's shot like a Netflix movie. So the lights are turned down. When they're inside the blockbuster, it looks like half the lights are off. And I don't know why. Blockbusters are always super, or were, super well lit. Like mm-hmm. you like bright halogen lights when you walk into a Blockbuster. It looks like they're in a cave. This Blockbuster looks like it's on a set. Because it is. Well, it so, is. When they walk outside. It looks like they're on a sound scene, of a set, Because they are. Yes. And like it's the least convincing outdoor scenes I've ever seen in a sitcom. You mean the tiny one median parking yeah. lot yeah. for five businesses? <laughs> And then every time there's a shot with people, they're somehow bunched in the middle. It's always a wide shot with everybody in the middle. Why? Why are you doing that? Take advantage of dynamic angles. Like, what are you doing? When it's a shot-for-shot conversation, it's just close-up, 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 close-up. Why? You can do other things with multicam. Okay, one thing I do have to say about the interesting wrinkle to, like, what they do here. It does not have any sort of like the modern trope of in a single cam show of there are documentary cameras looking at us. You know, Avon Elementary does this. Parks and Rec did this. Office, you know, etc. Mm-hmm. You can list most single cam setups are based on that premise that there's a camp. There are camera people that are part of the diegetic world of the show. They're following them. Mm-hmm. They could have done that here. They chose not to, and I'm glad that they chose not to because I think I'm over it. Like I think we're over it. And yes. We don't need it. But you do get a dynamic kind of feel from that. And when you take it out, you lose that dynamic feel. And so there's no, like, there's no shaky can, There's no, like, feel like there's, like, any movement happening in the shots. And so it does make it feel very stale. And it makes it feel very, like, everybody is, there's not a lot of movement or a lot of things happening in the show. It's just a bunch of shots of people standing around, which is less exciting. And so, yeah, there's that. So, yeah, I guess maybe it's made me realize something about, like, why that is such a trope. Because it does add a dynamic, like a dynamic kind of vibe to it that you lose if you don't have it. So yeah, I just didn't. I just didn't want to continue with this. I would just bailed on it after the pilot. I was like, I don't need to dedicate my time to this. Does it get better? Uh, not
0: a whole <laughs> yeah. lot better. Uh-huh. It does get more interesting with the characters, but it does fall into the same kind of tropes of yeah. like a common sitcom workplace comedy, right. which. Um, that was the first problem that I had, especially in the establishment shot.
1: Yeah.
0: Of how, I know why you're going out of business blockbuster. Yeah.
1: You have five people working on the same time. I didn't know that was <laughs> the first thought I had as well. It's like why are all like, of these people working this shift right now and there's nobody in the store. Right. <laughs> there's like one person at the store. Yeah, there's so five people. It's make cast. How can you afford this? All working on the
0: same yeah. shift. And then even <laughs> like in later episodes they talk about like, oh yeah, like when we're on the same shift, or like, but you're all we always see you on yeah, the same why? shift.
1: Yeah. What? What is happening? <laughs> Why are all five of you always working at the same time? They should not be able Chinese? to afford all of, those, all of those people at the same time. Right. Anyways. Um, well, that is a plot point later in the season. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, I mean, not that interesting, honestly. Of course that's what you do. Yes. Uh, the last thing I want to say about it is like, man, poor Randall Park and poor Melissa Fum- Fumero. Like, what a waste <laughs> of two really good sitcom actors,
0: and they're just in this... What do you mean? Randall Park's great at being a waste of sitcom actor. <laughs> no, he's good at what he does. Um, I'm sorry. Did you not watch the past
1: episode of Young Rock? <laughs> well, Have you not seen any of Young Rock with Randall he's Park? He's fine in that. But anyway. <laughs> Such a waste. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, like they, I don't know who convinced uh, Melissa Fumero specifically. Because she could do way better than this. She is wasted in this role. Mm-hmm. Like She's well cast, I think, in this role. I think she does. Although, the age thing is confusing here. She states in the pilot that she has a daughter that's in college. How old is her character supposed to be? I'm uh, not quite sure. Yeah, because if, if you do the math there, because that's a kind of reveal, if you could say it, is like after all the talk about the divorce, she mentions, oh, yeah, I have a daughter that's in college, that's just started college. Mm-hmm. So if she has an 18 year old daughter, oh, I guess she could be like early 40s, I guess, but like. Well, I mean, that comes out Let like, she was
0: in college
1: yeah, at Harvard, right. and, she and then got stopped. pregnant and had to drop right. out. It's just, it's such a, it's, yeah, it's a, I don't know. It just seems like it doesn't work towards her strengths, and it's, 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 it's disappointing to me. But anyway, that's I, Blockbuster. Yeah. Don't watch it i don't think i think that's a pretty pretty solid not recommend uh you can skip it and then we didn't even get into the the, like the the need of the irony of why it's on netflix it's like you can't have somebody giving a speech about like how blockbuster matters and like you need uh, like mom and pop video stores when you're on netflix it doesn't make sense i mean it does by the end
0: um because okay. it does the one thing that <laughs> we here at the Media Book Podcast have always um, advocated for, okay. which is physical media. Sure. Because when things aren't available on streaming, when things happen, like blackouts or uh, like Power Grid's good... Right, or, or the or, like, rights are rights taken, rights away, taken away. Yeah. Yeah, they do address that in yeah. here, but that's like at the finale.
1: It was like, but yeah, we're the only place that has this. It just imagines, and I told you this pre-pod, but yeah, it's like I just imagine this that was probably shopped to all sorts of places before it got out. And I feel like they burned <laughs> their
0: one like yeah. good thing of like what makes blah what made a blockbuster special, and then now it's just going to be workplace comedy, which is, a blockbuster, yeah, which
1: is whatever, but still like I'm like, yeah, I can imagine why every now but the thing is is I imagine why everybody passed because they probably watched this thing. It was like who is this for? Like, what are your stakes? Millennial, yeah. There's no stakes, really. We like, know the blockbuster will eventually fail. So, what are your stakes here? I mean, yeah, I guess that's the, that is the stakes. It's just it just doesn't make for an interesting show. Like, anyway, So that's blockbuster. That's on Netflix. Just don't, just skip it. It's, it's funny. You're better suited to re- relive your memories by talking to other people who went to blockbusters. Like that's that's basically a bet. You like have Kevin a better Smith. time talking to your friends about blockbuster than watching the show. You have a better
0: time trying to get tickets to a Kevin Smith Q and A if you really want that to
1: talk about a blockbuster than this. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I can't imagine this gets a season two. Let's
0: move on to a season two. Yes, The White Lotus on HBO. Uh, season two, series two. Um, it's a new season, but it's also like a whole new cast because, yeah. oh yeah, you can't, definitely can't bring some people back from the first one. Oh, okay. Uh, for those of you who haven't watched the first one, one, what's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, it won all the Emmys. Did you not watch that? Yeah. Uh, two, it's back, White Lotus, season two, with the aforementioned Aubrey Plaza. Yes. Um, in one of the, uh, roles here, um, uh, Jennifer Coolidge is back. She's great in it. Uh, This time it takes place not in Hawaii, but in Italy, uh, at another very fancy white lotus hotel. Where mystery happens, and people die, and we're going to find out over the course of this week of who died, Mm. who found the floating body, who, like, what happened to these ten mysterious guests? Uh,
1: I don't know. And all the
0: hijinks that ensue. We'll find out. It's uh, rich white people porn.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what the first one, the first season was, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, congratulations, Mike White. Mike
1: White. Yes, Mike you, White. You too. made more white people porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he writes what he knows, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. But, that's like yeah. I got from his uh, Emmy speech. He's like, no, nah, like, I'm, like, I'm just writing about my friends. <laughs> yeah. <we'll laughs> Making fun of my, my super rich friends. Which is like, fine. Yeah, do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... One of them in the <laughs> end. Yeah, one of them seems work. to work. Yeah, seems well, I'm glad work. that it's, uh, the formula still works. Yeah, formula still works. Uh More mystery and intrigue surrounds it. Uh, right. There's definitely a lot of good setups where, like, oh, you guys are definitely going to bang. <laughs> or, oh, you're definitely going to have some follow-up from that. Or, oh, yeah, you're playing in the seats now. Yeah. So that way, like, yeah, we can keep that in the back of our mind as you continue to do all this stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it's there. There you it's go. It's fun. More uh, I love it, too. Um, the White Lotus. Iron yeah. Lotus is something else. <laughs> it said more White Lotus. Uh, that was the Iron Lotus. <laughs> the Iron Lotus well. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, it's there. I'll have my full recap at the end of the yep. season, um, but it's back and it's fun. All right,
1: let's move on. It's time for cancellations and renewals, and right. oh boy, what a chopping block. This what one. am I no longer watching? A lot of stuff turns out as the CW has renewed their chopping block as. DC's Stargirl is the newest one to be cancelled. That will be cancelled after season 3. Anything else left? <laughs> Actually, that's a good that you asked, because you have something that... Uh, I know something that's not on this list that happened uh, either late yesterday or this morning. Whose line is it anyway? Oh, uh, I saw that this the morning. The current uh, version with Aisha left. Tyler yeah. will end after its last season, yeah. this coming season. Yeah, so, so coming yeah. Season. Cancelled again, yeah. I guess you could say. Yeah, I saw that as I tried to search for news. Like, oh, that's a new story. Oh, wait, no, it's not. I'm honestly shocked it lasted as long as it did in rebo- reboot form. Like, it's a ch- decade almost.
0: It's cheap to make. It it's on the CW.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I like the. I like. I mean, you can't go wrong with whose lines set up. So, like, mm-hmm. it was good that it lasted as long as it did. Someone give Ryan Styles a job. <laughs> what is Colin McRae going to do now? What are they going to do? Yeah, go on tour. Yeah, they should do a uh, like a. The two of them should do like a tour. Yeah, that'd be so funny. Anyways, let's move on um, to the rest of this list here. Stars is bringing back Dangerous Liaisons for a second season. That's ahead of its first season premiere. Okay. Netflix canceled Fate the Wink Saga after two seasons. So a saga is two seasons now. Yeah, it, it, that thing was weird. We watched the pilot, Christy and I, and mm-hmm. Christy liked it, I did not. <laughs> Next up, Becoming Elizabeth canceled after one season at Stars. The Sandman gets a second season at Netflix. HBO's Westworld, out of nowhere, canceled after the forthcoming, I think, forthcoming fourth season? No, so the season four finale
0: was in August. Oh, so after season four. Less than three months later, yeah. they're canceling it. So no more Westworld.
1: Um, uh, I so it ran its course, though.
0: Anyone hoping for cliffhangers or ending <laughs> notes? Sorry, it's over. Nope, it's, it's over. over. More HBO cuts.
1: But then, lastly, in sad news for me personally, Tuca and Birdie canceled again. This time, the Adult Swim run, so it only had seasons two and three at uh, Adult Swim. So yeah, it's gone again. Though the uh, season or series creator Lisa Hanawalt, does say she is still, you know, trying to see what she can make happen um, in other services, see if anybody wants to pick it up. She does have an ending in mind. Uh, if she gets to make it. So, um, yeah. For now, though, we might not see it, which is sad. Why not you do the Futurama thing, where you make every season a season-ending thing? <laughs> yeah, I know. I guess. I mean, that's the thing about Tuca and Birdie, is that they do a good job of ending those seasons, each of them feeling like it, there's some finality there. And the third season's definitely similar to that. Um, so, yeah. Um, I can understand this, like... But at the same time, this is just yet another of Zaslav's cuts. Yep. Um, their animations, animations is just getting gutted, and so this is just further proof of that. I mean, that ended Westworld. Yeah. So bad news. Honestly, just bad news. The axe keeps coming. We go into deaths next. John McVeigh, age ninety-one, football coach of the New York Football Giants, and executive for the San Francisco 49ers.
0: He was responsible for bringing Joe Montana to the 49ers and helping them win five yeah. Super Bowls. So there you go. Definitely made his mark on football. And uh, continues to make his mark as his right. grandson, yes. Sean McVay, yes. won the
1: Super Bowl earlier this year. There you go. So, yes, uh, it's uh, in the family, and the, and the legacy will continue. Next up, Takeoff. That would be one-third of the former rap group, Migos. Age 28, was shot this week. That was the, probably the biggest story in um, music. music this week, but I did not include it because I knew we were going to talk about it in depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just a rough one. Just very, very young. Obviously wrote a lot of Migos hits, including Versace, the big hit, and Motorsport, among others. And yeah, had recently actually left uh, Migos. Migos had kind of turned into a, um, a duo. Uh, following takeoffs departure, it was just Quavo and um, Offset. Mm-hmm. Offset, by the way, uh, married to uh, Cardi B. And in case you're trying to keep track of which of those, <laughs> which. Is pitch. Well, so yeah, it's definitely a sad one. Definitely further proof that, like, and over like a gambling game. I think it was like a dice game or something that he was, was shot at a bowling alley. At a bowling alley, or or it? Something. Yeah. yeah. It was just, it's just this suck. This stuff sucks. This stuff just sucks so much. And I feel like it's happening more and more and more in rap circles than it used to. Like somebody pointed out on Twitter, it's like in the '90s it was a big deal when Biggie got shot, when Mm -hmm. Tupac got shot. It was like it was news, and because it wasn't as common now, I feel like this happens every couple months. We see yet another person in the hip hop community or the rap community, like just like getting getting shot for like for no reason. It's just like, and there's a bigger conversation to be had about this. It's like what what is it about what is it about the accessibility of guns and like who has the ability to just have a gun on them? Was it mean that it's like I don't know, just so common now? It's just, it's just disappointing, and something needs something needs to happen. Something needs to change. These young men are dying, and these talented talented songwriters and performers. It's just it's 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 just bleak. I don't know what to do. I don't know what needs to be done. I don't know.
0: You know, I mean, you mentioned that there's just. One common denominator, and
1: it's it's the guns. The guns. It's the guns. guns. They're too. It's just yeah. Anyways, hey, everybody should vote this week (laughs) if you haven't already. Tuesday uh, vote. Tuesday is another big voting day. So yes, uh, stay here in California. That's our voting day. Please just take action when you can. I think it's everywhere voting day. Okay, but yeah, like yeah, take action when you can. This is one of the opportunities where you can. So you should. All right. Next up, Ray Guy. A Hall of Fame football player played for the Oakland slash Los Angeles Raiders, Super Bowl champion back with Super Bowl eleven, fifteen, and eighteen. Ray Guy Award, named after him, is given to the best collegiate punter. Now he was the first
0: punter ever selected in the first round by wow. the Raiders. Okay. Well, not despite, but in the NFL like draft, he was the first punter ever selected. Wow! All like I think his average is like. 48 yards per punt. Always putting in the back. Super Bowl champion. Three times Super Bowl champion. And yeah, Best Collegiate
1: Punter Award is named after him um, that's, as that's of the, 2000. That's very cool. So yeah, uh, you don't have an age for Ray Guy. Because uh, he's timeless.
0: <laughs> I guess so. That's fair. Uh, I think he's like
1: 78. That's fair. <laughs> All right, let's move on into our last segment here today, which is, of course, the movies segment. And we start with the weekend box office numbers. Black Adam holds over this week with another $27 million. That moves the needle to $110 domestic. Is it good? Question mark? Uh, I've heard literally no one talk about this movie. So. No, I mean it's $110 million oh, good. <laughs> for 2022, it's alright. It's probably somewhere in the middle of the pack, I right. think. But like it's it's doing okay. Number two, Ticket to Paradise with an eight nine point eight million dollars this week, moving to thirty-three million domestic. Pray for the Devil. Your number three day uh, debuting this week at number three, seven point one million dollars. Smile with another five point four million. That's a ninety-two. That's actually pretty good for that kind of budget. Yep, and not gonna make a hundred though because we're yeah. good in November. And Halloween ends at number five, rounding out your list here with another four million dollars. That's at around sixty. Upcoming this week is A. It's time. Everything out of the way. There's only one movie coming out. And it is, of course, the biggest movie of the year. Take that, Avatar. Black <laughs> Panther Wakanda Forever. Of course, the sequel to Black Panther. Uh, released in honor of the late Chadwick Boseman. Uh, we know very little about this movie and what's going to happen in it. We've seen a couple of trailers, but they haven't said a whole lot. Namor is going to be in it. Yeah. It's going to be Namor versus... Uh
0: black panther it's yeah it's question mark though Wakanda. right like
1: who is black panther at this point we don't even black know Pan- that no we no don't. one knows and that's the wonderful thing about this movie is that they've somehow been able to keep a lot under wraps even so toy weeks have not right. revealed who yeah. the black panther is so yeah looking forward to this one i uh, loved the first one of course it's my favorite of the marvel films so yeah uh, looking forward to see what they do with the sequel mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, everything else got out of the way, so yep. nothing um, else. I don't know if I'm going to be able to see this
0: on Thursday night preview, Yeah. Uh, so I may be talking about it the following week.
1: Yeah, maybe this weekend, maybe,
0: because this
1: coming weekend. Tickets got snatched up real quick. <laughs> I bet. A lot of people are probably expect, uh, excited. I <laughs> bet this uh, sets probably the record for the year. Um, yeah, the big question mark is, yeah, the big question mark is, this. does this do better than Avatar? I think it could. We'll see. Avatar doesn't have a whole lot of runway coming out. Avatar's had a lot of runway, and that's, I think, to to its detriment, is what I think.
0: No, I mean, like, it's coming out in November, in in December. Yeah, I know. So it's not a whole
1: lot for this year. Right, so we'll see. It's going to happen for later, in 2023. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, moving on to movie news. Toho, the Japanese studio, is in the news this week, celebrating Godzilla Day. To celebrate the day, they announce a new film will be coming next year. Award-winning Japanese filmmaker Takashi Yazamaki, responsible for Always Sunset on 3rd Street, has been announced to be pulling triple duty on the untitled Godzilla film. He will be directing, writing, and serving as a visual effects supervisor. This new film will be the first live-action Godzilla movie from Toho since 2016's Shin Godzilla. Additionally, when Shin Godzilla came out, it was the first live-action film since 2004's Godzilla: Final Wars. While Toho has released animated movies of Godzilla since, and there are recent American films from Legendary Pictures, to some fans there is nothing quite like a live-action Toho Godzilla. So it's almost and this like will be live-action yeah, Toho. The continuation of the official Godzilla series, you yes. would say. So yeah, not about, the MonsterVerse Godzilla. I've heard very good things about Shin Godzilla. That was the mm. one that was uh, by the uh, the Evangelion guy. Yes. Um, so. If it's anything like that, I think fans will be very excited for a new Godzilla film. Um, Yeah, Godzilla hes still a
0: threat. Yep, uh, coming out exactly one year from now. uh, First weekend of November 2023. So look forward to to more Godzilla.
1: Moving on, our second story here. MGM. Yes, that MGM. Yes, Amazon's MGM. Is in the news this week, but for weird-ass reason. MGM has launched an AI-powered tool that allows marketers and researchers to conveniently search through film and TV clips from the studio's extensive library. At launch, the MGM Clip Locator, that's pretty that's on the nose, it's, it's called what you yes. can call that thing, allows users to locate specific lines of dialogue across the MGM library and filter results by criteria like actor and project title. Man, we could have used the MGM Clip Locator when playing uh, Immortality. That would have <laughs> been really convenient. You mean, or... <laughs> Her story? Or any of them, really. Future <laughs> updates to the service are expected to include additional search capabilities for specific objects oh, geez. and actions that appear across the MGM catalog. Use cases could include a researcher looking for every single clip of James Bond saying "shaken, not stirred for a project or an advertiser wanting to edit together clips of stars saying the phrase hello across multiple films for a brand campaign. After locating the clips they are interested in using, the user can then add the assets to an online shopping cart and proceed to submit a licensing request with MGM. The tool is expected to significantly cut down the amount of time it may take for an advertiser or researcher to locate and license clips from the MGM library. This does seem like the thing that Sam Barlow has been trying to hit at with yes. video games. Um, and yeah, it's a neat idea. I wonder if somebody played in and was like, this is a good idea. We should do this. And figured out they could do it. Uh, for an actual film studio, yeah, this seems cool, and I think all the studios should do so, do this. Like, I think they should be good guys over at Amazon and just let everybody use this technology and like everybody have their own studio version of this. I'm sorry, I heard two different conflicting things. I know good guys at Amazon. I yes. realized that when I said it. And I was just like, "This is never going to happen." You're right; yes. they're never going to make this proprietary, but like, or not proprietary, I should say. But yeah, it's it is what it is, I guess. But like it's a neat idea and it should and I think the use case is smart and I think that something like this would be very helpful. I think it's I mean, it allows
0: them to immediately access the clips yeah. without them calling up NGM and saying, Hey, right. I'm looking to do this Can you find me those clips? It saves an intern
1: having to do this for hours every day, which is better. Also, probably how it uh, got formed. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Interns are like, why don't we do this smarter? Yes. And they did it.
0: Yeah, neat. Yeah, yeah. easy library, MGM library. It's a huge library. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, any way to make that easier and just for all libraries to be made easier, it'd be
1: great. It's a good idea. Also, a good idea sending us fan questions. At mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. We have another fan question this week uh, from our favorite fan. Yes. Hey, he asks Howdy, howdy ho, media boat, mariners, boatsmen, seamen. What do you call ourselves, our fans of us, fans of the boat of media? Anyways, I'm, re- I'm reading this as written.
0: Yes, this is Just not about. you
1: exaggerating. This is literally how it was written. <laughs> Video game question. What gimmick in a video game did you super appreciate and thought was clever? Maybe it was Psychomantis reading your memory card, or maybe Eternal Darkness pretending to erase your save. Maybe it was Monster Rancher turning your music CDs into monsters. Look forward to you answers, Sailors. Yeah, I don't know what we call our, call our fans. I don't know. Or us. Or us. Well, I like Mike, I'm Mike. And he's <laughs> we did that already. No, I like boatsmen. That's kind of fun. The, the boatsman, media boatsman. It's all uh, right. But, I, don't like, I don't hate it. What about the
0: boatswoman and the boats children? The, the, all the boats people
1: are welcome <laughs> to listen to the media boat podcast. Uh, that's why I like sailors. Sailors, I don't it's, like it's sailors. a generic term. I don't like sailors. It's like we're not sailing. We're, media boats don't sail really, uh, just kind of puts around. I feel has a media as uh, a motorboat more than I do a sailboat. Well, <laughs> oh, so, are we <laughs> a motorboat then? Can we Uh, zoom through all the news? Zoom through through all the news. Yeah, we're more like a motorboat. I don't know. We'll think about it. How about that? Anyways, as for the question. um, As for the gimmick. Do you have any good video game gimmicks on your mind? uh,
0: I mean, the one gimmick that comes to my mind is Pokemon, where you could, like, uh, Pokemon Gold and Silver, Heart Gold and Soul Silver, specifically. Where you could oh, take your Pokemon and do the poke pokewalker. <laughs> yes, classic
1: pokewalker. Yes, that was a good you one. You get a pedometer
0: yeah. and
1: walk around with it, so it gains levels as you're walking around. That one's good. That's a good gimmick. While on Pokemon, uh, so another one of my favorite gimmicks in Pokemon history was the speaking of blockbuster. The blockbuster kiosk sticker kiosks for Pokemon Snap. Yes, and you could take your cartridge in and print out pictures you had taken in the video game. That was awesome, and I loved that. I only got to do it once. My my parents were like, no, we're not wasting your your money, like, $5 on this. Because I guess it costs, like, $5 per. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so I only was able to do it once, but I treasured those stickers. I still have them somewhere. Somewhere around. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other things. There was a, not
0: necessarily a video game, but a, I remember a game, I don't know if it was, like, specifically, like, a game, but, like, a toy game called
1: Scanners. I remember, remember scanners. It was right. like the UPC codes. Yeah, scan the barcode. Similar to Monster Rancher, yeah, except similar. with codes, yeah. yeah. No, that that was always a fun idea. When you, whenever you have something you can interact with in real life for a video games, it's always a neat mm-hmm. idea. Um, it reminds me of, oh, a failed gimmick of Nintendo's. Does anybody but me remember the Game Boy Advance e-reader? I feel like <laughs> I've, I've heard of this. So it was a peripheral that you bought that scanned cards like physical cards mm-hmm. that you could buy in booster packs like next to the Pokemon cards in the store. So you'd buy these things, and they would have codes on the edges of them. And they came in two varieties. There were ones that worked with specific games, like there were ones for the Animal Crossing game for the DS. Mm-hmm. or DS? No. Oh, yeah, this was DS. Sorry, not Game...
0: Boy. Wait. Was it the DS or the Game Boy Advance? Oh,
1: God. because there was a crossover there at some point. Oh, God, I don't remember. I... <sighs> you know what? They were Game Boy... It was the Game Boy Advance because... It worked with the GameCube version of Animal Crossing. Is that what you're thinking about? That's what I'm thinking of. You could exactly, you could get items for Animal Crossing in the GameCube by putting them in the Irrigator on the Game Boy Advance and then using the connection cable to the GameCube to upload it. It was way too complicated for what it was. But then there was other, the second kind of games where like actual games you could play, like NES games, that you could play on the Game Boy by scanning these cards. So you'd buy, for example, the um, pack for Excitebike. And then you'd give you five cards, and you would have to scan one after another, all five <laughs> cards, and then you'd have Excite Bike on your Game Boy Advance. But every time you'd play it, you'd have to do that again. Scan? Because the thing with the Game Boy Advance is it didn't have any onboard memory. Right. So it wouldn't remember what you did. So you'd have <laughs> to do it every time you wanted to play Excite Bike. It wasn't practical. It wasn't good, but it was weird. And it was a weird gimmick, and I loved it.
0: Um, Outside of like mobile, like portable gaming, I think one of my favorite console gaming uh, gimmicks is whenever there's a sequel and you can (laughs) not only just pour over your save, but pour over like any like weapons or upgrades that you have. I love that. Because it could read your memory card like, oh, like you have a save from here. Why, yes, we'll give you a discount because you're a quote,
1: returning customer because you have a previously saved game. Yeah, even if it's like, oh, it only unlocks those one thing, it's still kind of cool. Yeah. Like, I really like uh, in uh, Metroid Prime for the GameCube, speaking of the Game Boy Advance connection cable, yes, if you played both Metroid Prime and Metroid Fusion, you'd unlock the Fusion suit in Metroid Prime if you connected it, and also you'd be able to play um, Metroid, the original NES game, on your GameCube if you connected the two games mm-hmm. it was neat it was neat stuff um and yeah like i love those little 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 fun gimmicks and games yeah.
0: like sometimes like like a skin or cosmetic or like you got a like a weapon from the previous game that's not right. currently available yeah. or you have to pay like an extra fee for it or if you have a saved cartridge or a saved memory stick for it but yeah. yeah you could just like get it because you
1: previously owned it yeah and honestly i think that we're going to probably see Fewer and fewer of these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, as games go on. Well, no, they they become pre. Uh, <laughs> what was it? No, they become like, those codes you cause... get on to buy bag of Doritos that for Fortnite that like you can put in a thing for Fortnite and get a skin. No, no. That's they, what it is now. They become pre-order bonuses. That's what that too. About. Also, pre-order bonuses have killed this. Yes. In a way. And yeah, I mean, there's also in-game stuff, like you mentioned, with uh, with kind of like tricking your you into thinking your game is breaking in internal darkness. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's less of that now, too, because I feel like, I don't know, maybe we're expecting it more uh, since we've had those experiences. Uh, if anybody's going to do it again, it's probably going to be whatever this new horror game that Hideo Kojima is working on. I mean, he brought us the Psycho Mantis thing. So I, he's he's a weirdo. He's going to go do stuff. Really well, like there that. is
0: like certain um, horror games that do do that is currently, like um, Doki Doki Literature Club, where if you beat yeah. the game and you reload it, reload your save, like some of the artwork is different. You can right. play the game differently. Um, speaking of Doki Doki Literature Club, where you have to go actually into the game files itself. Yeah, that was a
1: weird one. To, because of it does it. Yeah. this meta kind of stuff. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. There are some games that are doing that meta kind of layer. Mm-hmm. Um, like that Immortality, to a certain extent, yes. <laughs> does that. Um, kind of, like, makes you think, like, wait a minute, is this the game or not, kind of stuff. Um, a recent uh, favorite of a lot of video game podcasts I listened to last year, um, that card game. What was that? What is that called? Uh, in- <sighs> it's Not that Inception. in-ception. It's, no, uh, it's not Insidious. Uh, inscription. Uh, inscription, yes. I uh, did a lot of that, where yes. it was, like, kind of this meta kind of thing. That a little less of a gimmick, I guess, because it's like more built into the game. But right. yeah, I think it exists, but it's just a different animal than it used to be. Does uh, camera-based games count as gimmicks now? Eh, I mean, it's like, just like a... with the eye toy and the no, Kinect. Yeah. I mean, I think that those things died for a reason. I well, think yeah, that, but yeah, they, they were gimmicks. They were at needed the time. at the time. I mean, the entire concept of the Wii, you could say, was a gimmick, right. uh, even though a lot of people did enjoy that. And it lives on <laughs> through um, Switch Sports, which I still have to embarrass, like, I have to admit, embarrassingly, I spent $60 on it and I've only played it once. Um, on Switch Sports? Yeah, only yep. played it once. Did you ask me why I, I, bought I bought it? I can't believe I bought it. you ask me why I didn't buy it? This is the second time <laughs> I've done this in the last three years. I bought Last of Us Part Two too, and played it once. Yeah. No, I didn't play it once. I played it for like a week and You didn't beat it, yeah. And I did not play beyond that. I'm like, I can't stop spending $60 on games that I don't play. That's what Game Pass is for. That's what Gamefly is for. I know, Anyway. So, thank you for the question. That was a good question. Uh, we got a lot out of that one. Yeah. Um, continue to send us questions or other people, hey, feel free. If you would like to ask us questions, you can. Like I said, email us at mediaboatpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And that'll do it for us here. Yes, that'll wrap up the show for this week. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week for, like we said at the top of the show, a blowout of God of War Ragnarok. So get ready for every thought you have about God of War next I'm week. I want to see how far I
0: can get in those two yeah. days. I might even like take a day off and just say, you know what, I'm going to try and get through this
1: as much yeah. as I can. There's a couple games I want to get into. Uh, I want to try out the 1.0 now that it's out of uh, Vampire Survivors. I want to jump mm-hmm. back into that. I need to still finish Neon White. Um, I do want to try out some other games I've had my eyeballs on. I'm hoping to do that before next week, but we'll see. Uh, So yeah, stay tuned for next week. We'll be back. In the meantime, if you want to watch our videos or watch us live, you can do so on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, search Media Boat Podcast, like, subscribe, comment, click the bell for notifications. If you would like to listen to us in audio form, you can do that on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, anywhere you listen to podcasts. iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, search Media Boat Podcast and you'll find our spot. If you want to uh, see us on social media, we're on, for now, Twitter, (laughs) at Media Boat Cast. Uh, We're on Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast there. Uh, And, yeah, we already set our email address, so we're good in that department. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week. So, see you then. Yep, back with more news, more thoughts, more Ragnarok. All righty. All
0: right, bye. Bye bye. <laughs>